Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Just like that, the final hour is here on this Thursday edition. We're going to get you ready for the college and NFL kickoffs. The NFL kicks off tonight for week seven as the Cardinals host the Saints. We're at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Kick things off with some college football discussion. And each week on Thursday, we're taking a look at the, the Southeastern Conference, where they're ranked in the AP Top 25 compared to how Las Vegas views them on a neutral field, which is what you'll get on a bowl game or a college football playoff matchup. And you can see where there is value in how Vegas views a team, win or lose, compared to how the voters for the AP chime in and move teams around based on win or loss on any given week in all the musical chairs. Really, the top of the conference remains steady, Chad, as we take a look at this via philstill.com. And uh, this is courtesy of Phil because this is behind a paywall. He's got every team ranked for, for the view of Las Vegas. He, he allows us to take a snapshot of the Southeastern Conference. Alabama, the highest-ranked SEC team in Las Vegas based on a neutral field. They're at number two. This is right now. This is after the loss. Georgia at three and Tennessee at four. What do you make of the three schools from the top ten? Well, everyone's going to look at it and say, well, didn't Tennessee just beat Alabama? So why is Alabama ranked ahead of Tennessee? Well, again, this is if the teams played on a neutral site who would be favored to win. And I, I, I believe that if Alabama and Tennessee played in a playoff or an SEC championship, Bama would be a three- to six-point favorite if they played this game again on a neutral field. I believe they would lose, and however. In, and not in Atlanta. And they I might. believe they would be favored. Absolutely. It would divide the money. It would do all of those things. Um, maybe erasing that they just won, I think they would win. Well, also, you know, Vegas doesn't necessarily like to be wrong like anyone else. They just had Alabama as a 10-point favorite. And Tennessee and won the right, game outright. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the upsets happen. Um, but no, I, I, there's no uh, believing this or deny. This is it. This is a Vegas algorithm machine that's mathematically telling us this would be the prediction of what would happen if these teams met. Something that jumps out to me, Hudden, obviously those two, you know, being Tennessee fourth, not third, they're third in the AP poll. Uh, being uh, behind Alabama, it's going to jump out to a lot. Doesn't really surprise me. Nine SEC teams in the top twenty-five of the Vegas rankings. Well, here's the biggest is mover. Crazy. The biggest mover. Kentucky. Well, this week, AP top twenty-five. You've got Mississippi State. They're ranked twenty-fourth. They're tenth. Yeah. Oh, the biggest difference for sure. Yeah. But I, the I, biggest I, movement from this poll compared to the AP is Mississippi State, despite the loss. The biggest difference, the biggest movement is Kentucky, who I believe a week ago was 34th. 37th. And then with a win, jumps all the way up to 23. 
with that win over Mississippi and that, State. And the week prior to their loss to South Carolina, they were 21st. Why is Mississippi? So they've just gone back where they were. I, I understand that Miss, uh, Ole Miss has not played a difficult schedule. Still feel like if you're going to be off by one here, I'd have Ole Miss ahead of Mississippi State. I don't get Mississippi State, quite frankly, being 10th. But again, this is a, a mathematical – we can't argue with the machine or the robot <laughs> – that is this Vegas generator. No, argue with it. But it's uh, I don't I don't get it. I'm with you, Paul. Uh, I saw Mississippi State do nothing in the second half, especially the fourth quarter at LSU, and lose. They were horrifically bad on Saturday night against Kentucky. They've laid two big eggs. They got a, a nice lead against LSU and played awful for a quarter and lost. Okay, you can forgive that. LSU is a talented team. That was on the road. Then they went on the road to Kentucky. And we're terrible. Maybe this is Vegas saying, well, those two games were on the road and on a neutral site. We think Mississippi State, based on opponent, based on play, is going to be the 10th best team in America. I don't see it from Mississippi State right now, but that's, that's, what, that's what this generator is telling us. We've seen it. We just haven't seen it consistently. We've seen it like sporadically at times with some of the numbers that they get from their quarterback play and their defense being better. Um, but here's the other thing to pay attention to just by the rankings. And we'll go through all the SEC schools for, for our listeners and viewers. But Alabama and Mississippi State play this week in Tuscaloosa. Bama's favored by 21. They're favored by three touchdowns. And on a neutral field, they're separated by eight spots per, bag, per, per Vegas. And this, the, so uh, the, the separation between the three SEC schools, Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee, and the rest, right now Vegas is telling you, those are the three, and then it's everyone else, including Ole Miss, who's also unbeaten. If we go by that model, let's say we're saying you know Alabama would be a three to six point favorite over Tennessee on a neutral field if they played the game again this next week. Um, that means Tennessee Mississippi State would be about a 14, 15 point spread in favor of Tennessee if they met, and that's three to ten. So you're right, there is a drop off from two, three, or four to ten, two, three, four, all the way down to ten. And keep this in mind, too. It's important to note this. This just says that this team would be favored. It right. doesn't say by how much, right? But you can and tell again, by how much. And right down the, because right down we, the list. We saw Kentucky, who was on the road and against Ole Miss, and we were like, what, what's going on here? Kentucky, there's a big gap in the rankings then, but Kentucky was well ahead of And they Ole were Miss. an underdog. And they were a heavy underdog. Like a touchdown, right? And it just looked lopsided. Um, it looked like the wrong team was favored. Yeah. And... Vegas said, like, we, we value Ole Miss on a neutral field and at home, and they, they won that game. Now, Kentucky covered, what, by two points, I think? But they, the point being, they normally get the neutral field rankings pretty spot on. And they dropped Kentucky considerably last week based on their loss to South Carolina. Now they're back in. And this, we know this is not a neutral field situation, obviously. Uh, Vanderbilt almost twice as bad as Missouri here. Yeah. That's worth 14 points for a home game for Missouri, right? And uh, and we're all leaning towards well, Vanderbilt winning out. But also, also consider just how the, the gap between the top and then the rest of the conference because, again, it's 21 points, both home teams, Missouri and Alabama. It's 21 points for Bama against Mississippi State this week, and it's 14, and the gap is 55 to 107. So and let's, Vanderbilt's the road team. And this is this is where it gets interesting, right? Because Slows there's down such a, a there's yes. <laughs> so the rate of decline is so much different. If you went one, which is Ohio State, let's say on on this ranking, 
one to fifty-two. Uh, let's say just one to fifty-five. Missouri at fifty-five. Ohio State is a thirty-five point favorite over Missouri. Yes, if they play. Yes, by the same width between the two teams Missouri as to Missouri to Vandy, and then it's fourteen. It shows you those teams aren't as far apart. Well, Once we you know get past how 50. top heavy it is. Yeah, you know, those but even top it's five. Michigan's probably fifth here. You're guessing, but, but also look. But at even it. ten to forty, it's yeah. not going to be a big separation. If if Ole, we saw Ole Miss, Kentucky, if A and M, A and M, South Carolina, great example this week, eighteen at forty six. A and M is a three point favorite on the road against South Carolina in a big gap in the Vegas rankings, but. But also because it's on the road in Columbia, it's not a big line. If you took that to a neutral field, it might be a push. No, it no, would go, it would go up. The, it would go it would be, further it, up. It'd probably be six. Oh, so sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's yeah, say home field is three. Yeah, then so A&M double to it. South Carolina would be probably Doubled. 18 to 46, maybe a six-point spread. Yeah. Um, th- keep this in mind, too. Record has nothing to do with this. Like, who you lost to, your loss on the season, this is all about your performance, who you've played, what Vegas the numbers say about you because Florida's got losses. Arkansas is 20th, and they've got three losses. They lost three in a row at one point. A&M's got multiple losses. They're sitting there at 18. This is about talent and what you've done on the field. It's not necessarily about outcome of your game. Right. It's also not necessarily about outcome of this game, right? I mean, we talk about this sometimes. Alabama, Tennessee, even based on the recent result, what they want out of that spread is to to split the money in some kind of viable way where they're assured of coming out on top. A lot of people would pick Tennessee to win that game. They know that based on the spread, yeah, based I mean, on the but result. In, in doing that, they're also they're picking the game. I mean, the, the way they do it is they're trying to get you to bet on each side because this is what they think is the most likely thing to happen. Yeah. I don't think they're just picking an arbitrary – it's not arbitrary, well, but it's a, too, wait, it's a they're, they're, get people to bet both sides. It's just number. way too accurate for them to just arbitrarily pick. No, that. no, but it's also a number that'll get people to bet both sides. And that number is the prediction. Right. <laughs> is what we're saying. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Uh, my that number is just a number with four minutes to go in the game. Right. Yeah, I don't think that they're looking at it and saying, "Okay, the algorithm tells us minus three, but we think more people will bet on minus six. I think they're going with the number well, that comes out because but the line that's does the one move. that's going to get people to go. The but line that, does move that's people action. are betting heavy on one side. That's action. Final point. Right? That, Final. That's, that's how it pushes one way or the other. Final observation on <laughs> this. So the, the line between Georgia and Tennessee popped this week at 10, right? Was it 10 and a half? It was 10 and a half. Or 11. One was, one was 10 and a half. I one thought, was 11 and a half. I think I thought you said Georgia, Tennessee, Georgia was 11 and a half. Michigan at Ohio State was 10 and a half. Those so, are the two the future games that were out there. There's one spot but that separates But it could be vice two. versa. Three and four. And the home team is favored by double digits two weeks before we play this game. I'm curious to see where that line ends up uh, three weeks from now. Two well, weeks after, I, two weeks from now they play Kentucky, then it's Georgia. I want it to be on a neutral field. This is so one that I don't spread. think will change much because I don't think much is going to happen. Kentucky's got a bye week and Tennessee plays UT Martin, but... I saw an early line on Kentucky at Tennessee. This would be 23 right now versus four. In Knoxville, Tennessee was a 14-point favorite. Two touchdowns favorite over right. Kentucky. And that sounds fair to me. I saw that and I thought, yeah, that's, that's probably right about what it should be. Is that a hedge your happiness game for you? 
Yes, that will be a that will be a hedge your happiness game. Especially I thought it was going to get a number. Well, especially because the line you? is the line is so big, it's going to pay off huge. If Kentucky were to win out, I thought that was going to be a no. Did that surprise you? Huh? Uh, I think Tennessee's going to win. Yeah, it's a, it is an early yes. Or it was a fast yes. Also, Tennessee's a lot better than they were a year ago, and I think Kentucky's worse than they were a year ago. Well, and Tennessee but, won in Lexington in a wild shootout type game. Uh, but Kentucky does have a defense that can... That's a big number. ...muddy things. This is going to be the real test, though, because no one has been able to slow down Tennessee yet. So if Kentucky's the first to do it, good for them. Well, Kentucky, I haven't seen it yet this well, year. Well, if Kentucky's the first to do it, then 14's a reasonable number Well, to if Kentucky's get. the first to do it, then uh, them winning the game would be reasonable. Because uh, I don't see it happening, that's, that's even with their defense. That's imposturing. They're not winning the game. I mean, they shouldn't be winning the game. Well, you still at Tennessee. No, I know. Kentucky shouldn't be winning the game No, no, I agree, based on what we've seen. Um, coming up, we've got one big thing on every NFL game. First, though, let, let's spend five minutes, if we can, here, Chad. Jerry Stackhouse, uh, we'll stay in the SEC. Jerry Stackhouse at Vanderbilt received a contract extension this week, um, and he had three years remaining yes. on, on this deal. They have not had success and in fact i mean if if you want to point to things that have gone well one of the last things you're going to bring up is the actually the actual sport that tips off at on on their campus that he coaches right like you're going to point to everything else throughout his career before you even get there to the actual results on the court um chad i know you've been doing some digging on this and what'd you find out Everyone else That's is just a surprise. That, quite honestly, Vandy appears to like losing. I mean, I don't know any other explanation to this. They are announcing to the world, this is a university that is as secretive as any out there because they're private, and they hide behind that private shield of not giving you information. They've extended people in the past without announcing it. They yeah. wanted to announce to the world that 13-39 and 39 in the SEC, Jerry Stackhouse, who's never come close to an NCAA tournament bid in three years, who's picked 12th out of 14 teams in year four, is worthy of an extension. It is odd. In the press release, gentlemen, they're not really going through his record at Vandy because they can't in good face and do that and say, yeah, we're extending this guy for performance on the court. They list his playing stats in the NBA in the press release. Which they covered in the press release when they hired him three yeah, years those ago. Yeah, haven't changed. In his 18-year NBA playing career, yeah, Stackhouse had over 61. And I'm thinking, what about that? And we all knew that. Tells you that this is the guy that, that you need to extend right now. There's no, there's no one that would hire Jerry Stackhouse away from Vanderbilt right now, based well, the, on what he's NBA done. The NBA D-League. Or at the Vanderbilt. And, know, like some, and this idea that... That's recruit, what they're worried about. Uh, you know, what I've heard is... They're using it against him in recruiting. What? That the fourth year of you yeah. coming, he's not under contract currently? I mean, let's not be naive. With or without an extension now, if he doesn't do significantly better in the next three years, he's not going to be your coach in the fourth year. And if you're a really good recruit, you're not going to be around for the fourth year anyway. If you're a fan of college basketball, you're a fan of Memorial Gym and the atmosphere there. And it has not been anywhere close to... It's peak. What it was whenever he took over. I mean, it. If you want, if you want to say coaches are using it against recruiting, uh, your fans are telling you that 
by doing anything but attending your basketball games during the season. When Shane Foster was playing there and Kevin Stallings was the coach, it was a, a phenomenal. I had season tickets. It's the only thing I've ever had season tickets for in my life. I lived in the neighborhood. It was phenomenal. It was fun. Was great. It was great basketball. They should aspire to that. They can be that. All three of us agree it's not that hard to be that. Well, in, in, in the there. quote, this is from uh, Jerry Stackhouse. This is an unprecedented time in Vanderbilt athletics history and bright days are ahead for Vanderbilt basketball. It's unprecedented in Vanderbilt basketball for the reasons we just talked about. They are so irrelevant in their own city and with their own fan base, they can't get people to show up to games. And what's really sad about this, guys, is someone – I grew up in Nashville and remember those great Vandy teams. Vandy was always relevant. Even in a down year, they were relevant in the city of Nashville. This is a great time for SEC basketball. There are terrific coaches in the conference. They're sending record amounts of teams to the NCAA tournament. There's great rivalries forming. There's terrific action on the court where different arenas that aren't normally packed are packed. And during this time, Vandy is extending a guy that's 13-39. and 39 and can't get anyone in the building, refuses to do community outreach, refuses to do shows in Nashville or anywhere, blocks media members on Twitter, this is a dumbfounding decision. Now, at Just the end of the season, this guy, may they may turn out great. Lee Dort and the other players they brought in, that's uh, the 24th-ranked recruiting class in the country, immediately hit. And they're an NCAA tournament team. And then it's time. And someone come back and say, aha, you see, we knew. Okay, great. Whatever that crystal ball is you had that showed evidence of this happening before it happened, you should you should lease that out to every other but program you in America. Just extend because him right then. now it makes no sense. Yeah, well, you could extend them then, or you could not yes. extend them then. No, yes. I mean, no. If that happens, they're going to extend him again either way. <laughs> He's going to get another extension if that happens. You don't have to extend him right now. Well, this now. has to be at least two years more, right? Wouldn't we think? From three more years to five more years? I would think maybe a year if he's, if he's really arguing uh, recruiting because he wants that fourth year with guys he's bringing in. It, it's, it seems to me like a, a Stockholm Syndrome situation. It's, 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 like, it's like Jerry Stackhouse has convinced Candace Lee and everyone at Vanderbilt that they are unworthy of him. Yeah. And they're, he's almost like holding them hostage. Well, You're unworthy of me. Of that. I can go somewhere else. I don't need to talk to any of your people. Well, I don't, think the I don't city need to do interviews. The city I don't hasn't need to get people him. in. Right. What has he done? But I don't think the I city mean, believes he's anything special. Vanderbilt does. But it's, it's a – But, I mean – he's, he's almost convinced them, I'm too good for this city yeah, right. and this job. Hold on to me. Do whatever you can to keep me. I know basketball better than anyone else oh, out he's there. He's a magician in this regard that you're talking I, about. I don't, I don't get it. I, I, you don't have to be James Franklin at Vandy in basketball. You don't, you don't have to have your own. You don't have to be your own marketing director. But it just was win basketball. No, games. no. What the sport itself markets itself there at that With gym. The arena. It always yeah. has. Just win basketball games. And Compete. now they've, you know, now they're begging this guy to do that for them. It's it, the whole thing is bizarre. And clearly there was like an NBA G League team or something that was knocking on the door. Otherwise, I don't know what warrants this. I don't even know. Like, why would a G League team I'm, come I'm knocking? A G you, League team, it doesn't matter who coaches a G League team. This, this decision is so weird. It, I think there's He's something no weird going on psychologically that the people that make decisions at Vanderbilt have been tricked into believing that they need Jerry Stackhouse. Well, and it's that also, they need whatever he's doing for them. It's also not even Candace Story Lee's hire. 
It no. was the previous AD, Malcolm Turner. Malcolm Turner. And here's the thing. You said you don't have to have that in Vandy basketball. They might have to have that by the time this guy's done with no, the program. No, well, they've needed it when they took over. My point being... They like, need to hire someone young you who's going to come win. in and embrace everything but and if everyone. if they win and had a fun program over yeah, there... It sells itself. And word got out, and the itself. highlights on the news are good, people will go. One big thing on every NFL game is next on OutKick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. From 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, Outkick 360 with one big thing on every NFL game for Week 7. Our weekly note, 22 of the 32 teams at 3-3 three and three or below, including three divisions where no team is above 500. Bye weeks for the Bills, Rams, Vikings, and Eagles. Thursday night football tonight, the 2-4 and four Saints on the road against the 2-4 and four Cardinals. Arizona has not won a home game since October 24th of 2021. So that means if the Cards lose this game, they will go a full calendar year without winning at home. Comes down to Thursday night football tonight. <laughs> That's remarkable. DeAndre Hopkins makes his return from the six-game PED suspension. They average eight more points per game when that guy's on the field in their offense versus out. It's remarkable. And Kyler Murray gets in the football. The defense, though, they're giving up 6.6 more points per game this season than a year ago. And I say the defense. That's the Saints defense. So be wary of this. If you're going against Kyler Murray, just know the Saints defense, they're scoring. They're, they're allowing more scoring. Meanwhile, they're getting their score back in DeAndre Hopkins. Off Could kind of offset, sounds like, almost. Maybe... Good, yeah. Two, um, two points ish difference. Let's go uh, to Sunday's games. Browns on the road in Baltimore, and it is a battle of the run games. The Ravens, they've rushed for 211 yards against the Giants. They average 174 yards per game on the ground over their last five games. Cleveland normally runs the ball really well with Nick Chubb. They've got a, a great backfield, solid offensive line for this. Um, they had just 56 yards on 12 carries with Chubb a week ago against the Patriots. 
But even with those stats, Chubb is still averaging 5.4 yards per carry this season. He is really good. I'm not uh, I'm not at peak faith in Lamar Jackson right now either. Especially late in the fourth. And it may not feel like a big game, these two. That's a big game. The Cleveland Browns have gone an entire month without picking up a single win. And they are somehow one game out of first place in the division. Cleveland's starting to rumble about Stefanski, which is crazy because he got them in the playoffs. And they're getting Deshaun Watson. That's happening soon. Uh, the Buccaneers, 3-3. Three and three. They are back on the road. They're taking on the 1-5 Panthers. Tom Brady has thrown just one interception this season. That interception came in week one against Dallas. The problem, he's had just one game with two or more touchdowns this season. That's offsetting, to use Paul's uh, term there. Carolina averages just 260 yards of total offense per game. They average just 17 points per game. Carolina's a medicinal football team. You go play them, things start to feel better. You get healthy. You get healthy. Falcons on the road. They're headed to Cincinnati. Both of these teams, three and three. Really interesting matchup that I think people are overlooking. Joe Burrow is hitting his stride. Since that four interception week one performance, uh, and that was against Pittsburgh, he has just one interception. He's thrown for 10 touchdowns. And he had three last week in New Orleans. They're also protecting him much, much better. He was sacked 13 times over the first two games. Since then, eight sacks in four games. And they won three of those four. I think one of these teams is good. And the other one has a a way of winning some games. And I think the team that's good will win this one. And that's Cincinnati. They were so bad at protecting Burrow. I didn't know if it was possible to have this level of improvement from that offensive line. They figured it out. They've been a lot better. Be wary of this if you're picking Cincinnati, though. I I would, too. I'm not betting it. Because the Bengals are awful at stopping the run. And the Atlanta Falcons have rushed for an average of 175 yards per game over the last, is it three or four games? 175 over the last four games. They are 3-1 and one in that stretch. The Bengals run defense. The Saints just rushed for 228 yards against them. Uh, and then last week, the Ravens put up 155. Lions and Cowboys. Is this one of those get-right games for the Cowboys and Dak Prescott coming yeah, back? I sure feel like it will be. Uh, I mean, it's an ideal comeback situation. I don't know how good he'll be, but they should win with him being average. The Lions... Right? defense is going to offer up some opportunities for Dak. They're medicine like Carolina. Detroit has one win on the season, and they have the third best scoring offense in the National Football League. Let that sink in. One win. They average 28 points per game, and that is including the shutout loss to New England. So, I don't think Dan Campbell's going anywhere after this season. I do believe that Aaron Glenn has seen his last season with the Detroit Lions as defensive coordinator. Still a long way to go this season. He may not see the rest of the season. Yeah, Uh, maybe his last week. The Giants are five and one. The Jags are two and four. Jacksonville returns home. The Giants lead the league with five comeback wins this season. The Jags struggle to finish games. The G-Men they have not allowed more than twenty-three points in any game this season. The Jaguars they're in tight games. Of their four losses, none have been more. They've not lost by more than eight points in their four losses on the season. And the Jaguars are a three-point favorite in this game. They've lost 18 consecutive games straight up. And 
they've lost 18 consecutive against the NFC straight up. I have a funny feeling about this game. Against and, the conference. And then it's amplified by the fact that the spread is off. And when the spread is off, oftentimes that means go with the side that it's off on. I, I think the Jaguars win this game. Colts and Titans. Sticking in the AFC South here, second meeting in a month. The Titans have won three straight games by a combined 13 points. They've scored just 14 points in the second half all season. It's the fewest in the NFL. They're awful. Derrick Henry, 41 carries for 94 yards in the second half. Awful. They played five games, and they have zero points in the fourth quarter, and they're coming off a bye. Can the Colts take what they did last week when they had to go to extremes with no running backs and sling it like crazy, got great protection, and won it at the end? Can they take the best of that and now use that with their running backs returning? That's a big question. We all have zero faith in Frank Reich. We'll take Vrabel over Reich. But I wonder if the Colts maybe get something out of that extreme game that they can now layer into their regular offense. But even with the no the, huddle, which worked very well for them. When watching the game, even in that game, they were still bad starting the game. Yeah. They, they had, And the Jags gave them penalties at the end that allowed them to continue that game-winning drive. Colts have been outscored 115-58 to 58 in the first three quarters this season. And the Titans will take advantage of that in the first and the second, we know. Yeah, so are, are capable something's got to give. Indy is also, they have a minus 29 points off turnovers differential. So when they turn it over, they're losing. They did not turn it over. They did not allow a sack. Um, well, Matt Ryan, I'm saying, did not throw a pick this past week, and he's been sacked and picked a lot. Did not fumble? That's a, the more shocking revelation if that happened this past weekend. First game uh, with at least three touchdowns and no interceptions since week four of last season for Matt Ryan. Packers are headed to Washington. 3-3 three and three Green Bay against 2-4 and four Washington. The Packers lead the NFL in third down defense. They allow just 26% conversion rate on the season. Um, Rodgers, they, they so they held the Jets to one third down conversion last week. They still lost by 17 points. That's remarkable. Rodgers has no receivers that will help him stretch the field. He has averaged just 5.8 yards per attempt in back-to-back losses to the Giants and the Jets. Has Matt LaFleur agreed to simplify? I don't know if we've found out about that, but Tyler uh, Heineke at the helm for Washington. Taylor. Taylor Heineke. Sorry. That's how into number two quarterbacks I am. Well, he was a one. I should know that. uh, So, um, I don't think that LaFleur... Uh, was allowed to. I thought about dodgeball right there. <laughs> That's why I said it that way. I think Lafleur. <laughs> I gotta say in the simplification, oh, just a really underrated. Say it like gun. say it exactly that we say it. I think Lafleur. There we go. Would uh, he didn't even he was not given the option to agree with Aaron Rodgers or not. Aaron Rodgers made the decision to simplify things when he announced it in his press conference. Let me translate for you of the flower. Yes. Yes. Hutton loves my French. Instead uh. of instead of it's a Peter's brother, Peter Lafleur's brother, Matt. Washington uh, has 10 sacks and uh, and that uh, 10 sacks in the last two games 19 total that is good for third in the NFL. And Bit Chase surprising Young cuz Chase Young's not playing. Yeah. Late afternoon kicks Jets at Broncos this courtesy of ESPN's Rich Semini. The Jets are the second team in the Super Bowl era to have a winning record through its first 6 games despite being an underdog in all oh, 6 games. That is a good stat right there. Hats off to that stat. That's terrific. Cleveland was the first back in 2001. 
How about Paul's Jets? Paul, you were always a big Jet guy <laughs> growing up in Jersey, Jets. right? I, as I told Pat Ryan, I fell asleep to, to him quarterbacking the Jets many a Sunday afternoon. Just a small observation. I am way in favor of the green old school oh. green helmet old school Jets logo. I love those. As opposed to the white, even older school yes. Joe Namath helmet. Well, even but this one looks a little retro, but great. Like I, yeah, it does this kinda... is the helmet now is the Jets helmet of my youth when uh, they were playing in the like the late afternoon game on NBC. Yeah, I don't like when the they white had one. the rights. I, I like, I like the, the green one. helmet best. Elijah Moore has requested a trade. GM Joe Douglas says that's something they're not considering. Look, they're deep. I mean, I, for some reason, he hasn't really fit in, but that's a great guy to have at the back end of your receiver room Yes, while you figure things out. Past two weeks, Brees Hall, 318 yards, two touchdowns. The Broncos have held five of their six opponents to under 20 points. Look, their defense is doing quite well. It's just that their offense can't do anything. The last time the Jets started 3-0 on the road was 2010, and that's the last time they made the playoffs. Just saying. They have a chance to do that. 1-3-1, uh, and one, the Texans, against the 1-4 and four Raiders this week. That game will be broadcast to a very small piece of the country. The Raiders' defense has given up 11 touchdown passes. They have just eight sacks in five games, and Max Crosby has six of those eight. It's boomer bust with Crosby, and that's all they have up front. Houston has scored just eight offensive touchdowns in five games. That's not fun to watch. I mean, we've talked about the quality of offensive football being down. That sounds like the pinnacle of the downness. Yeah, there the it depths. is. And it's in Vegas. <laughs> we've reached the depths. Um, Seahawks and Chargers will go from Vegas to LA. Three and three Seahawks, four and two Chargers. The Chargers have won three straight games. They're in a first place tie with the Chiefs in the AFC West. The Seahawks have only held two teams to less than 27 points. This is going to be a shootout. And that's with Seattle's defense doing some great things. The Chargers, they just benched J.C. Jackson, their big free agent corner, in the last game. Big disappointment. His quote to Bridget Condon this week on the benching and how bad he's been to start, he acknowledged it, quote, Knowing what I can do and I'm not able to do it, I'm not really playing to my full potential. It's upsetting. He's starting again this week. You know what's upsetting? I'm losing my faith in Staley. Um, as as the coach there, I love the talent on that team. I picked him to win the Super Bowl. I'm feeling some odd dumb. decisions on fourth downs and just too yeah. much. Too Chiefs much. in San Francisco, 44 and two. Kansas City coming off the loss to Buffalo, now on the road to San Fran. Chiefs are going to go into their bye week after this game. Juju Smith-Schuster had his best game with the Chiefs. First touchdown catch, first 100-yard receiving game. The Chiefs have a league-worst 107.5 opponent passer rating, and they've given up a league-high 15 touchdown passes. Three of those were to Allen last week, but now Jimmy Garoppolo and company return home, and you know a touchdown pass for Jimmy G is a dump off to Debo Samuel. This could be a fun game. Yeah, I think it's an offense-defense game. I don't know that San Francisco has the offense for it, but I think San Francisco has a defense that might slow Kansas City down. I haven't seen the injury report on Bosa. We'll, we'll certainly announce that tomorrow, but that's crucial for them with how he plays the run game and, of course, the, the pass game that could so be well a sneaky, and the matchup with, with Mahomes. That could be a sneaky good game. I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm confirming what you yes. said. Two I, and four, the I Steelers agree. against the three and three Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. Tua Tagovailoa makes his return. Tua's back. He's That's, cleared concussion protocol. There's going to be a camera on him the entire game. There are going to be two 
two or three cameras on him. They're going to 360 really, him. What's going to annoy me is if every time the guy gets touched, we get this like super zoom in. Oh, oh. is he okay? Get ready to yeah. be annoyed. Is he all right? Oh, God. Did he get stumble right? Ready Please, to be let, the, let the man play football. Let him get out there. He's cleared concussion protocol. Let's get past that and let's let him go. Over under for roughing the passer? One and a half or two and a half? There'll be one. They'll send a they'll send a message well, early. for the game because <laughs> they're going to call Pickett one plays, off one early. Kenny Pickett's also, also coming concussed. on. Pop a concussion. All right, let's say Pickett's playing. Over it's under two and a half. Two and a half. Well, which way? Would I you go, go over. Well, I don't know who the official uh, is, but on, I go on over. Both guys, I would on go. a Sunday night game when they're trying to set a tone. I'm over. These aren't marquee quarterbacks though, so <laughs> Tua is now a marquee quarterback when it comes to roughing. He's a made man. <laughs> he is a made those, man. Those back-to-back concussions made him a made man with the NFL. Here's here's how this game is determined. Can Miami do what every other team has done to Najee Harris? Because with the quarterback play in Pittsburgh, with what's going on with Miami and the offense, you're getting Tua back in there. Najee Harris is averaging 3.2 yards per carry right now. It's been terrible. We haven't even mentioned him in our running back discussion. And... That was going to be what they could lean on as they work through some things with Pickett, especially if he's going to play in this week. And if he's not, especially with Trubisky, they have not been able to lean on that. And Miami's got to be able to stop the run. And we said all offseason while we were talking Trubisky or Pickett, whichever one, what they need to be is a defensive run-the-ball football team. And what are they not? A defensive run-the-ball football team, which is why they're not very good. You mentioned it, but I mean, Najee Harris has been a huge disappointment. For my fantasy team as well. Sorry for you and the city of Pittsburgh and Western Pennsylvania and Steelers fans nationwide. Monday night football, the two and four Bears against the three and three Patriots. The Patriots have scored 67 points in Bailey Zappi's first two games. And if Mac Jones is medically cleared, the reports are he's starting Monday night for the Patriots at home in Foxborough against Chicago. Uh, Zappi became the first rookie to win his first two career starts and have 100 or more passer rating in those games, first since Sonny Jurgensen. And Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith also last week had their best performance as a tandem since they signed New England. That's something else they've been able to spark with Bailey Zappi. Tight so end. It, I, I'm curious to see what happens with Mac Jones if when he comes back, if it's this week. Watch the tight end play because Zappi got their high-priced tight ends involved in their offense. I think Monday would be game seven of the ALCS. If it's not, on behalf of the Bears, I have one question. You got a good movie for me for Monday night? Well, keep striking out 17 times in a game. You don't have to worry about a game seven, Paul. <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll be clear. You'll be well, free. In which case, I need a film because I ain't watching you'll, the Bears. You'll be, you'll be free. The Bears will last I'll find, about a quarter. I'll find a film over the weekend. I'll send you a recommendation. Thank you. When the Patriots get a turnover, they score. And they if they turn it over, they they find a stop. That's why we've seen a run here with them winning. They're, think, pl- they're plus 33 on points off turnovers differential. I think we've agreed that at the very minimum, the, the Patriots have established they are good enough to beat bad teams. And I think we're uh, in consensus that the Bears are very much a bad team. I'm a little alarmed that it is... Just the foregone conclusion that Mac Jones gets his job back when cleared, honestly. Well, I've seen enough but, from Bailey Zappi to want to see a little bit more. 
and maybe they take an extra week to, to give clear. him an extra week on the high ankle sprain. But the the reports are, you know, he's back at practice. He's been at practice limited, and right from the start. The reports thing. from the athletic this morning were there's a chance we could see him play immediately uh, as soon as Monday, as soon as he's immediately cleared. Which is interesting because there was that side story, you know. Zappy's doing everything they ask, and uh, Breer said, you know, Jones isn't isn't particularly happy with the situation and, and has kind of let it be known or whatever, which is not the Patriots' way, especially for a second-year player. Some big sports broadcasting news just broke during that segment. Let's get into it when we come back. Excellent. This is Outkick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Been a fun show. Thursday edition. Now kick 360 from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Got some uh, sports broadcasting news, Chadwick. Yeah. Also, we should just uh, roll on our breaks, <laughs> just unedited. Just go to a, a completely different show. That was a good uh, one. during the breaks. It's a whole different show. We really had so much yeah. trouble, but it would be worth your time for it's sure. It's a different show. Don't guys. By the way, don't please don't ever actually do that. Yeah. yeah. We're just <laughs> don't pretend. Record, yeah. Don't hit record. Brooke, uh, who's. I don't even know her title. She <laughs> she's run, in charge. Runs the studio. president of production. She's a, yeah pr- president. Vice President Studio Operations, but sort of operates the studio, uh, does this thing where she says, we're live on, on Twitter. And every time she does it, I think that it means He that, snaps to attention. Because there's like, cameras, oh, like, just to take you behind the scenes, there's cameras in front of us at all times. So they could be rolling at any time. Mics could be on. I have no idea. We treat it as if they're not, for the most part, until the show goes on. But the moment she says that, I, I snap to it. It goes to panic. And I look up, and I'm like, it's five minutes until the show starts. Why are we live on Going Twitter? Going early today, Chad. So yesterday she asked, what would you like me to say? And I think there was a bit of an attitude as she said that probably, which I don't, I don't blame her. <laughs> and I said, no, that's fine now that I know what it is. Well, today I didn't hear it. I did. So then for a second I thought, are we, are we live? But we are. We're live. We'll do it live. So the, 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 I say all this to say <laughs> there's big sports broadcasting news, as Hutton said earlier. Uh, the New York Post, Andrew Marchand reporting that um, Jay Wright has landed a broadcasting home. He will call games for CBS and Turner Sports. It says right now CBS and Turner declined comment, but that he will be a part of their Final Four broadcast in studio, and he will call regular season games and work in studio for CBS. Here's my question. I think this may be... This is just the info that Andrew can report right now that he has because I don't know how you hire Jay Wright and not put him either in studio with Charles Barkley and everyone else for the entirety of the tournament or give him tournament games. Yes. If he's going to be calling games in the regular season. He, uh, he'll he be fantastic. He would be fantastic at anything. I think the guy's just He's good. really good. Charismatic. But, I mean, I think he'll, he'll make the broadcasts better. Absolutely. For sure. And that's my point. If, if you get him, you do whatever you can on CBS and Turner, especially during March, during that tournament. You want to see as much of Jay Wright as possible. But 
there was some speculation he was if he was going to go into broadcasting. Could ESPN land him? That's got a hefty college basketball package to offer in terms of games he could call, studio work, everything else. They do not. It is CBS and Turner. And didn't he want to? Um, when there's something else he was going into. Well, he's going to be like a president emeritus of uh, Villanova Athletics or something, too. He's got some sort of title within Villanova that he's going to be around the school some. Barkley just got paid, too, that 10-year contract. What, up to, up to $200 million on that deal. And, he, of course, he can retire uh, anytime, but he's, he's 59 years old. And, um, you know, they, they were comparing that to Brady. Brady and Fox, it's 10 years, $375 million. And Barkley gets paid by TNT, by Turner, 10 years, 200, and then Jay Wright's joining up. Well, we haven't seen Tom do it yet, but I find it hard to believe he's going to be as appealing as Barkley, who's the best there's been. I mean, he's one of the few guys I would turn the channel to, and it's for a sport that I don't care about, generally speaking. RPD on, on YouTube says, Paul, you need to watch the Northmen this weekend. If you think that Paul would enjoy the Northmen, you really don't know Paul. I'm Paul. And haven't been listening. Or they, I'm Paul. Or they don't know him so much that they know him and they know They're he's going to hate this. You know? That's also a possibility. The Northman is a super violent Viking movie. A &A? Oh, it's a movie? Oh, it is a movie that was in theaters for a while, but it's like a very, very bloody violent Viking. I want to watch it. I mean, it's right I don't up mind violence, it's Nicole, it's Nicole Kidman. Let's and, watch it this uh, weekend. Uh, <laughs> You know what? In fact, show's over in the middle. Let's just start rolling the Northman right now. Surely Fox has the rights to that, right? I'm sure we've got the rights yeah. to that. Corey, Corey can find us whatever a we want. Yeah, we're probably going to get zapped for saying the Northman so many times and not even playing Stop a clip of it. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård is the actor who's in it, who's really nice. good. Big Little Lies. What has he been in? Big Little yeah, Lies. He, he was the abusive husband of Nicole Kidman. He's very what good. was the vampire show? I'm pretty sure Nicole Kidman plays his mother. In this, what movie? Which is it? very funny because they were husband and wife in the other same show. generation too. But I think it's like she was the mother back when, and he's grown up now, and he's just killing a bunch of. Nordic Chad people. knows my tastes pretty well. I will take his recommendation. Yeah, to you're not, not going to watch, watch that to not take this recommendation. Yeah, Paul. Paul's recommendations include uh, Yankees napping. I thought you were going to go to the, all the way back to the young Pope. Oh. oh, the young Pope. <laughs> oh, I, that was a mistake. I deleted that from my memory. <laughs> that was a real mistake. We had a field day with that. Well, you played the music a lot. Music Did you ever give the new Pope a shot? I gave, it, a, I gave it an episode. By the way, True Blood is the name of the show I was trying to think yeah. of with Alexander Skarsgård. We're back at it tomorrow to get you ready for the football weekend on Outkick 360. Hey, don't block the box, but please, please lock your locks. See ya! <laughs>